Welcome back to another episode of the Balcony Chatter Podcast. I am your host, Andrew McKenney, with my co-host, as always, Tim Taylor. Hey. Uh, and we decided that this is going to be our last episode before Halloween, so we decided to bring in uh, a very special guest for this episode. Uh, you might know him from his Instagram or from his YouTube show, Carvers and Creators, or maybe the Food Network's 2019 uh, champion of Outrageous Pumpkins, which is probably on replay at this point. Through, I know that they have a new season and stuff going on as well, but uh, I would imagine that they're replaying it around this time of the year. So we decided to bring in professional pumpkin carver, uh, Paul Dever. What's going on, guys? Good to have you here. Thank you for joining us. I know that this month is kind of your, uh, this is your, your busy, your Christmas, your everything. So I, I appreciate you taking some time. Sure. Anything for you guys. Yeah, this is, uh, this is my bread and butter. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's, uh, it's like Santa's workshop hours or something, you know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I feel, yeah. I feel like a elf in the workshop. I can't get out of the basement constantly carving. There were some things. There was something that I wanted to ask you, but the first thing I wanted to ask you. But now that we're actually on Zoom doing this, I can see you. I was going to ask you where in the world you are right now because I know that you're all over the place this month. I know you've been in Chicago, um, you've been in New Mexico. Yeah, just got back yesterday. Yeah. So, um, where have you been this month? Uh, well, I do a week in Chicago. And it just so happened that this year I was invited to New Mexico to the Rio Rancho Fall Festival where they um, they were trying to break a world record uh, for the most people simultaneously carving pumpkins. And they wanted me to come out sort of as not an MC, but sort of the ringer, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so I'm friendly with the, the guy that owns the big pumpkin patch out there. And he's, he's a great guy. And he... He just set it up. I, I mean, I, I just basically had to show up and carve, but it was pretty it was pretty badass. I think I'm pretty sure they broke the world record. I mean, there were a ton of people carving. So how will you know? Like, will they reach out and tell you, hey, we counted them all and yes, we did break the record or Yeah, I asked that same question. That's a that's um that's the one I wanted to meet I wanted to meet the rep from the world record. I wanted to meet somebody that actually does that. Like you counting people one by one. I would imagine they have to be there on site, right? No, they, they have this thing called proxies. Okay. So you can basically become like a notary of public for the world record. You know what I mean? You basically sign something that says, I will be honest and count my, because you got to have a bunch of people doing it in a bunch of different sections. Like yeah. they had it, they had it all in different areas so that they knew and how they already had the pumpkins laid out. So it was pretty organized. I think they did it. I, I think the, the record was a thousand and sixty and I think they had like 1300 ready to go out on tables. So that's not and even all of them got carved. That's a thousand and sixty people. That's not a thousand and sixty pumpkins carved. Like they need no, to have it's both. Oh, okay. It's, it's both. Yeah. So you each person has to carve one and you only get five minutes to do it. Wow. So it's like <laughs> I didn't do it. I was already carving a pumpkin, so Yeah. So but did that counts. Did you did you see any aliens while you were down there? Because I know it's a big you know, it's a big place for aliens. I wish. I wish I wasn't there long enough. I'll tell you something that did happen. I didn't realize how vast the desert is and yeah. how far apart things are. So I got there on a Friday afternoon and I, 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 I get to the hotel. I check in. 
I do a couple of things and I'm like, all right, I should probably head over to the event. And I thought I kind of Google earthed it before the area, just so I knew where I was. And it was the closest hotel for whatever reason. And uh, so I grabbed an Uber and the guy's like, yeah, it's only like 25 minutes away. 25 minutes. So that was like three minutes down the road. Yeah. So whatever, it takes forever to get there. And it's just this long desert road and it's a town center. It has a huge arena. Like they have like uh, WWE comes through and they're like the Disney on ice. So it's a pretty big place. And the downtown area basically consisted of that building. Uh, this guy, Max's Gallop and Goat Pumpkin Patch, which is like a huge thing. It's like a mini tops field there. It's awesome. And then their downtown area, which had just gotten built. And that's it. Just the desert. <laughs> and when I got dropped <laughs> off, my phone had like 5% and the temperature drops in the desert, like 15, 20 degrees instantly. So I got out of the cab and I didn't wear a jacket and I'm like, oh shit, it's cold. And I, I'm looking around for anybody because I couldn't find any a soul in sight. It was just dead. I'm like, I'm going to die in the desert. My phone's going to die. I'm going to get lost. It's going to be pitch black. No way to get home. Yeah. No way. I, I had no, didn't even know which direction to go. But luckily I found, uh, I found the staff of the place and they hooked me up. They literally saved well, your well, life. Well, the charger and. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. New Mexico's pretty spread out. I did not see any aliens though. Thank God. Well, that, that sounds exactly like something somebody who saw and was abducted by an alien would say. So yeah. I'm not so sure I believe point. that. I am a little sore for some reason. It's kind of weird. <laughs> yeah. Fuzzy. Thought it was just from sitting on my ass. Yeah. No. Come to find out it wasn't. Yeah, yeah that wasn't point. them who found you that night. That wasn't the staff. That's all right. That's all right. So I, I'd like to talk about uh, Carvers and Creators a little bit because it's a cool show that I think everybody should check out. And especially, I, I wouldn't say just around this time of the year because it goes on. I mean, how long have you guys been doing that now aside from the little break you took? Uh, it's been over a year and a half now, believe it or not. So every yeah. week there's a YouTube show on Thursday nights that you guys do where you just kind of carve, uh, I guess, whatever's available at the time, right? Because it's not always pumpkin season. Right. Well, it's morphed, really. So it's when we first did it, we were – before it was carvers and creators, it was carving and quarantine because that's what happened. We got quarantine. It sucked for everybody, yep. but we were stuck inside and it was like at the time me and uh, Matt from the show, we were both carving butternut squash just to get ready for the carving season. Cause we were both, we both had a bunch of gigs already booked. So we happened to see each other on the Instagram live stuff. So we kind of, you can go back and forth. You can share the screen. And so we were doing it like that. And then when quarantine hit, it's like, we should really, you know, make it a show. Why not? What else? You know, what's anybody doing right now? Why wouldn't people want to tune in and learn how to carve and rolling into the Halloween season? So that's how it kind of started was just to keep practicing. And, and then we'd have our friends on, you know, it's the first couple episodes are just people that we were carving with in zoom rooms and zoom meetings and stuff. And, um, that morphed from there. We started actually asking other artists from outside the, the carvers. So we had um, Alexandra Bastian, who's one of like the best body painters that, you know, you can, she can make herself look like somebody else, all that. Yeah. And uh, she's from Canada. So we had her on. Then I was, I was like, wow, we, we got guests. And uh, it's, it's really snowballed to like a couple of weeks ago, we had on Tim Gore, who's like one of the top 
painters for like the special effects studios. Yeah. And next week where we got a guest on, I don't even want to say his name because if he bags on me, I'm going to be so bummed <laughs> out. But this guy's one of the best special effects makeup artists in Hollywood. He's like a legend. Wow. So, so yeah, it's trending in the right direction. And you got them carving on there? Like you got them all taking a stab at this? Yeah. Well, you know what it is? We have, oh, that's a, yeah, I forgot about the wheel, didn't I? The fourth member of the show. Oh, right. They, if, yeah, if they choose to take the challenge of the wheel, we, you know, we get super excited about it, but we usually have so much to talk to them about. And we, you know, Mickey, the moderator of the show, usually has a deck of photos of their best work. And they get into these stories that are just, it's it's amazing. So we don't push the issue, but if they want to take the challenge, it's, it's the best thing, it's the best thing ever because they have trouble doing what we do, which is subtractive sculpture. You know, it's like a chainsaw cover or an ice cover or something like that. We work in reverse. And and they kind of look at that. They're so used to working with clay and and uh, silicone and stuff like that. It's just like I can't I can't do that. Yeah. You know they could if they had if they took like ten minutes to try. But it's just nice to hear that. You know. I feel like this one of one of the big questions I wanted to ask you today, and I feel like this is kind of a good part for it. Is is you know do you ever mess around with different canvases aside from pumpkins? Oh sure, yeah. It all started with clay for me. Yeah. Um, and once I had kids was when I really started messing with the pumpkins it was like around the same time i saw that the outrageous pumpkin show and it was ray villafane was just beating the piss out of anybody that was on the television show <laughs> he's yeah. a legend killing them destroy it wasn't even like a contest and that's when i was like wow i gotta see i gotta find out how this how this gets done and right. but at the time i you know i, I thought it would be easy because i'm like well i can sculpt like i always had some sort of ability with that and then it's literally a mind F because you right. try to get into it and you're like, I don't know how to do this. This is like starting at the end. Not to yeah. mention you, you sort of have one shot at it. Like with clay, you can add back to it. Like you were saying, but sure. you, yeah, if you, you break through the pumpkin or yeah, you, you're done. Man. Cause I, I just love your style so much. And it, I just need someone to enlist you for a stop motion feature, ah. you know, and, 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 you know, Ideally, maybe that'll be me down the line. I'm out here in Los Angeles trying to make, you know, make TV and film and stuff. But I just this right. style is just so unique and and uh, you know visceral, and but like also exaggerated in such a fun like caricature kind of way, for lack of a better term. And just someone's got to enlist you in stop motion at some point. I need to see a feature, or TV, or something of this. <laughs> well, number one, thanks. That's off. Awesome. That's a very nice compliment. Number two, I think it's from lack of talent, honestly. <laughs> I get the exaggeration in the character is just literally because I try not to use reference. Like that's what comes out of my brain. If I were to draw, it would look the same. It's like the weirdest thing. And to me, maybe, you know, like you said, it's a style. I've heard this before too. And it's kind of the things that bother me that w about what I do. Like I'll do my eyes a certain way and mm -hmm. it'll always bother me. But somebody will be like, dude, I, I, I knew that was yours because of the eyes. And it's like, ah, oh, shit. <laughs> I think like, that's a good that thing. Up? It's it's one of those things that I I well we talk about it a lot on the show, like a lot. Just about every artist talks about like the uh almost an insecurity you have with is it good enough? And I think that's what uh keeps you going forward. You know what I mean? Yeah. So if I don't like the eyes on one, I'll focus real hard on the eyes on the other. And then, you know, I'll hear from somebody be like, Well, I like the eyes on the other one better. And it's like, oh Christ, I don't even know what's good anymore. <laughs> Well, I mean, it's a kind of an ever-changing thing where you can 
you can change your i mean when you have a style you have a style it doesn't change a lot but you can't change it right yeah. it's just what your brain and, and hand it's like the hand-eye coordination thing it's just how it your your, the, your hand is the conduit for your brain really so yeah. however it scrapes it away is how it comes out it's, sometimes i wish it would be different like i wish i could sculpt like other people but at the same time hopefully someday somebody says i, I want to sculpt i want to be able to sculpt in the style of paul you know what i mean Definitely. I think that's, that's, that's what, that's the goal. Yeah. That's what sets you apart. Having a specific style that people can look at for motivation or just like, that's what I want to be like. So that's cool. I, I, I'm famous to three people in the world and they live in my house. And <laughs> really, don't even, they, And they really don't even care. I mean, Lenora does, my wife does. The boys don't care at all. They're so, they're so used to it that like, I'll do one and I'll be like, Oh, this is a good one. And I'll like run out to be like, yeah, boys, check it out. Like, oh, awesome. You carved another pumpkin. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that, or Adam will give like a thumbs up and be like, that's a really good one, Dad. And, oh, that's so condescending. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Not the thumb. Not the thumb. The thumb yeah. is the worst. Yeah, right. But yeah, they're just so used to it. But I, I definitely, like I said, I, I would recommend the show to anybody because I can guarantee that there's um, a guest on the show that you would enjoy or just just seeing the the things that people bring to the table, not just you guys, but the guests as well. Um, I don't know if I've ever said this to you, but I, you know, I watch the show a lot, and my favorite episode is the one with uh, with Mike FX, I think, because he talked about doing all of the. He he was on Hellraiser. He worked on yeah. Men in Black and Batman and Robin, and that was really cool to me. So, you know, I think that there's something for everyone on the show, whether it's just you know, watching the pure talent or hearing the stories of people. Like if you like movies, there's plenty of people that can tell you stories on that show that have already been on. That's yeah. That's a great point. Yeah. You've been there since the beginning, man. I appreciate that. You, you were one of the first guys that would comment. Yeah. You would yeah. Comment back in the uh, the quarantine stuff right? on the Instagram even. Yeah. Yeah. That way back. Yep. But yeah. You're right. Mike effects. Remember the story he told about working on Pulp Fiction with the, uh, the intestines gag. Like he set it up. Yeah. So that yeah. When, he swung the samurai sword and the guts spilled out. Oh yeah, and they and Tarantino said that's the difference between like X and R, <laughs> like rated X. Oh yeah, he 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 had some great stories, and it was on like it wasn't just he worked on a movie. He worked on Pulp Fiction. He worked on uh, yeah, like I said, classic. The Grinch. You know, like big movies that were um, a big deal. Yeah, yeah. So that's I mean the next guy we got coming up is is. I think even like a level above that. I mean, they all kind of work together, but sure. his uh, catalog of movies that he's worked on, is just bananas. I know for me, cause I'm a werewolf movie guy. So he's worked on, he's done the werewolves for a couple of these crazy movies that growing up, I was scared to death of, Yeah, but could, but would want to watch it so bad. Like I, you know, when you'd look away, yeah, you know, yeah. scary parts <laughs> coming back, I'm just going to look away, but, but so I got to see what happens. Yeah. Yeah. Pe- peeking through your fingers. Yeah, of course. Yeah. And you've seen yeah. it three times, which is like, even right, more. Right. you know yeah, what's a, coming. Yeah. yeah that's I'm, probably the high, highest compliment he can get is being scared on rewatch. Yeah. Right. <laughs> scary yeah. the second time. Yeah. Right. Well, I'm excited to see, see that episode when it comes out and see who it is. And, um, you know, hopefully everyone else checks it out too. And again, this isn't just a around Halloween time. There's great guests all year round. So make sure that you check that out for sure. Thanks guys. Appreciate that. Uh, I also wanted to ask you for specifically for people who might want to get into sort of the craft that you're doing. 
what would you what would maybe be some advice that you would give them about starting it and also the bare minimum of tools that somebody could use to start doing this type of work like obviously a pumpkin and a way of carving it but what would you suggest to people um starting out start simple right don't get and definitely don't get frustrated because that's what kills all of it you go into it knowing you're gonna suck like anybody that's trying something for the first time you know it's about the it's about the process yeah you learn as you're going you learn on the fly so just going to maybe grab a cut so grab some carving oil that's usually what i suggest is grab a couple of beers carving <laughs> oil comes out and it loosens you up and you're not as serious and then yeah there's i mean there's tons of videos out there that teach them i mean on the show we do the same thing we try to teach you know a little bit every every time we go every time we do the show you can do it with probably three or four basic tools that you can find at the craft store to get going and if you you know if you end up loving it and it becomes a hobby then you know, there's professional tool sets specific to pumpkin carving. Yeah. Yeah. The main thing is grab a pumpkin and a good attitude. <laughs> yeah. I, I can say that I've tried to do it before just for fun and, and uh, it comes nowhere close to the things that you guys do on the show, of course, but I'm also not that artistic in the first place, but it's fun. And, and like you said, I mean, you do it, do it to have a good time. And if you like it, you, you know, you get better and better as you practice, but you know, for me, it's, it was, it was hard, man. It was really hard for me. It's really hard still. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the level of things that I'm trying to do have gotten increasingly difficult and now working with a lot of corporate stuff is, has gotten difficult because you really have, they have high expectations and you have high expectations for yourself, but it always works out in the end. You know, the, the, one of the things that I've heard, and I think I don't, I know I don't think about it anymore, but it definitely plays in as the therapy of it. Like, like, you know, me, I'm, I'm, I'm bouncing off the walls half the time. I'm <laughs> like, I'm constantly on edge, but when I, I could sit down for five and five, six hours and not say a word and just scrape and I'll stay calm as a cucumber, calm as a cucumber. And it's like, you get lost in it. It becomes like art therapy. It's very uh, tranquil. That's so rewarding. It, you know? Yeah, it, it kind of is. And then you realize what you just carved is already rotting. <laughs> right. <laughs> so you got to take a picture of it before it's already, it's gonzo. So there's, uh, that was going to be another one of my questions. And uh, pardon me if it's ignorant. There, there's, nope. there's no real preservation besides a nope. fo photograph, huh? Nope, just a great photo. Yeah. Well, I mean, depending on what size of a, a pumpkin or a squash, if you got a vessel like a cookie jar or some i mean andrew you still have that one i uh yeah yeah i, they, I gave you in a I tank gave one to him and uh it still looks like the day you got it right it, it does actually yeah so that's vinegar if you just like you would make pickles or people pickle peppers and all that sure kind of stuff. yeah yeah pickle pumpkin but the problem okay. with the pumpkin is they're like 30 pounds so if you, yeah some, so a lot of the times i'll do it with butternut squash or like little kaboka squashes that look like little green pumpkins. You carve something cool in that, and you have a container that holds liquid that you can put that in. You can uh, anchor the the carving to the bottom of the tank with a suction cup, and uh, you fill it up with the uh, vinegar, and it's almost like it's floating in formaldehyde. It's pretty awesome. It's like a fish tank or something. Sure, yeah, right. Well, yeah. I did have I had a squash in a fish tank, a big squash, and 
after a while it was like i gotta get rid of this this is just <laughs> someday i'm gonna have to clean that out and i don't want to do it yeah right so yeah i got i still have one i i have the one you can see it in the background on the show and stuff that's over two years old now wow and it's still i mean if i took it out i'm sure it would turn to pudding but i try not to right. touch it so. yeah like as you did it <laughs> just oh yeah. Liquid, yeah mush it was gross yeah that's all right though two years out of one one little carving is pretty good uh pretty good preservation for art you know i'd say it's and then so you temporary. always you always have the pictures so yeah yeah the pictures are the main thing the i mean some of the stuff that i've done on the show over the years i go i'll go back actually because i'll get stuck and be like jesus how am i forgetting things like you know, right i probably got stuck on that one too and like reference something else but like I'll only, I only try to reference my own stuff so that I don't, you can, so I, hopefully you don't see something else in, in any of my carvings, if that makes sense. You know what I mean? You know, Sometimes I'll look at, I'll look at somebody that does a really cool carving and I'll be like, oh, that nose looks exactly like so-and-so's nose. Yeah. Or, you know, the way they did that hand looks exactly like the hand that this, this artist does. I know I kind of like if somebody just says that's a, that's a Paul Dever. <laughs> It's funny you say that because, you know, I'm sure that Tim can also uh, agree with this, but I I listen to a lot of, like, comedian podcasts and things like that, and they all talk about how they don't really listen to comedy because they're afraid of, like, kind of copying someone else's joke or or bit or whatever by accident, you know, subconsciously, not really thinking about it. And then, um, you know, you try to avoid taking other people's stuff again on by accident just by looking at it and being like that was a cool thing i saw one time and where did i see it let me try to recreate it and then it ends up being someone thinks you stole their their thing you know right i feel like there's two streets to it there you know it's like uh there's there's that route there's the comedian route and then there's the tarantino route which is i steal everything so just ingesting everything in the world and just knowing that and like just making everything like the ripoff or whatever, however to put that or, you know, everything influenced. But I feel like then you got to be much more of a student. I, I tend to err on the side of, you know, as a writer, the same way I try not to, you know, I either try, I, I try to either read too much or not enough because, yeah, you, it's just there's nothing feels worse than when you do something and you're proud of it. And you're like, oh, that's exactly like this thing that you right. were trying to make sure it wasn't like. Yeah, I mean, I just went through it with myself. Like, I I did one recently, and uh, after I was done, I realized it looked exactly like one I had done like a month ago, and I didn't think about it at the time. And I'm like, I can't even, I can't even put this out there for the world to see because somebody's gonna go, look, he's just doing copies of his own stuff now. Right. It's like, oh, shit, like I'm out of ideas. <laughs> That's what's great about the wheel for you guys on the show. It kind of picks, it, yeah, it picks they, for you. It, uh, the wheel, yeah, the wheel's huge. And uh, actually, I've had, uh, I had an artist reach out recently, and he's a real good carver. And he just said, I, I need to get a wheel. He's, I, he's like, I only think of like four or five, you know, subjects when I'm carving. He's like, I'm so sick of carving them. I have no, no inspiration. He, I think he's going to go out and buy a wheel and like put a bunch of subjects on it. It's a great idea. Yeah, we needed it. It was fun. I mean, because we were when we first started doing the show. When we came on, we'd have we'd have the carving three quarters of the way done. Yeah, right. And it was whatever we were, we decided to work on. And, and you know, then you're doing sketches and you're really refining it so that when we were always afraid that you, you'd do something bad on the show, 
you know what I mean? So, yeah. But the, but the wheel was like, after a while, we were like, who cares if it's bad or not? I mean, we, we start the show off with a toast. So we're reviewing craft beer, right? So we always got a beer in our hand. So we stopped taking ourselves so seriously. I don't think anybody carving a pumpkin or any other fruit should take themselves pretty seriously either. I mean, it's a child's hobby if you think about it. <laughs> well, but you're, you're, like I said at the beginning, a professional at that. Yeah, it's so funny. I try not to. I try not to say that because it's a lot of. It's like professional pumpkin cards. Yeah. Jesus, that's tough to say. Yeah. Wait, so you don't have business cards? Yeah, no. <laughs> I, I actually, I do. I have old business cards, and the guy that asked me for one recently was like eighty. So that's who's asking me for business. I love that. I love that. Yeah. Now, now I got QR codes. That's the new thing. Everybody yeah. Just right. Scans the thing and boom. Right. So I know that that Instagram is kind of a, a portfolio in itself, but have you ever thought about doing a book of your all of your work of, you know, something that somebody could buy and sort of look through or, you know, a lot of the stuff is digital now, but it's always cool. At least for me, I know I like to collect comics and books and, and I, like actual physical movies still, not VHS, but, you know. Uh, yeah. So is that something that you've ever thought about doing? It's so so random that you just not random but well thought out I guess <laughs> because Lenore and I were just talking about that last night. Really? With um, yeah, because this year traveling around as much as I did, um, it would be nice to have something like that to offer to people, you know? Because I do I travel with a book that has about fifty carvings in it. Yeah. So that if if say say there's three people deep, so there's like you know whatever 50, 60 people standing around my booth. Not everybody can see it, but if they, I set up a side table while they're waiting, they can look through all the other carvings. So I do have a book. It's it's a binder, though. Yeah, yeah. But if, like you were saying, you, a lot of people do collect books like I do. I collect books of just people's artwork. Right, and yeah. And it's, you know, there isn't a lot of text in it. It's just photos. Yeah. So, so that would be, that's something I'm actually working on now and by next season, probably before next season, because, you know, I can just offer it on my site. But, yeah, I'm going to have a whole book of It'll probably there'll probably be a carvers and creators book, and then I'll have a, a separate book with just my stuff in it. Awesome, that's yeah. uh, for for me. That's ideal coffee table. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. right there, man. Yeah, I got this guy. You know, this is super separate, but this guy Tim Doyle who, who does these uh, screen prints of just like kind of famous settings, like uh, TV settings. Like I got a big, uh, you know, Tom's restaurant uh, print from his. Um, what do you call it? Uh, he did a Kickstarter for the book. Was how he put his out, and it was it was, and he like offered posters for it and stuff. But nice. this just this just feels like a. I, I need this on my coffee table. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, that's the plan. The plan is to actually do it. I can't believe you guys brought it up. So now, see that you speak it into existence, and the universe now wants it. There you go. You guys exactly. talked about I need it. it. I, so let's talk about that million dollars I don't have. Yet. Yeah, you know. me too. Me. <laughs> Um, so I have a specific couple projects that I want to ask you about, but I guess maybe I'd like to ask you first if there's any ones that you've done in the past, obviously not future ones that you can't really talk about yet, but projects that you've done that were your favorites or that you're really proud of. You know, I know that you've done work with, uh, you've made things out of cheese, you've mm -hmm. done work for uh, if you if you check out his your TikTok, you've done work already for um, Amazon with the boys and with um, a couple other things. So any specific projects that you were 
really excited to do or that you really like doing the most? Yeah, I, I, I kind of like them all. I didn't love the cheese. To yeah, be I can only I mean, imagine. I'm, I was happy with the way it came out, but I probably never dropped so many F-bombs in my life <laughs> in the middle of making that thing. That was brutal. Cheese needs to be cold. And I had my basement down to like 64 degrees and it was still like way too warm. So I had to work like around the clock to get this thing done. I had to, they, this, they gave me like a week schedule. And then like the day I got into it, I was like, you got to have the guy here tomorrow. Like, wow. I, I have to work through the night to get this done. This thing's already leaning. Yeah. It was like 120 pounds. It was almost three feet high. Yeah, they it, had no idea how I was going to build it. I they knew I wasn't a cheese carver. That's the thing they wanted. That was the narrative. Pumpkin carver tries cheese, <laughs> and I'm like, but what? how? Who came up with that? Like, right? Me? Why me? But it's one of those. I live by the saying from the great one: "You miss 100 percent of the shots you don't take." And so if if you're uncomfortable, then that's even more of a reason to do it. And that's kind of what I've been living by. So, yeah, I love to give myself panic attacks, apparently. <laughs> constantly, October is just a super big panic attack. But again, that's something cool that you can add to your portfolio of things that you've done and be able to say that you had that you did. You know, it, maybe it wasn't the easiest job, but it's something that not a lot of people would be able to do and that or could say that they've done. I mean, I'm not sure a lot of people would want to say that they carved a cheese right. advent calendar, but it's still an, it's still a feat that, you know, it would be a tough thing for someone else to undertake. Well, apparently I'm the first one to do it. Cause that's what they, the, the, um, the company told me was, this is the world's first advent calendar built out of cheddar cheese. <laughs> I had to do an, hey, speaking of the animation, the, the shorts there, I had to make an, a door for animation. They, um, they set up the special camera and all that. And they took, I think it was like, Jesus, 70 or 80 frames just of the door opening. Wow. So it took a ton of frames just to open. And they're like, we'll just reverse it to close it. And uh, it had 55 doors, though. It wasn't a regular advent calendar. That was the thing that I was like, you got to be kidding. You had to do that on every one? What's that? You had to do no, a different had, door? I had to make one large door, a separate oh. one that had to be a replica of the small wow. doors. Yeah, it was awesome. Really <laughs> <laughs> he said sarcastically so i take it that wasn't your you, you know it's it's a cool thing to do but i take it that wasn't your favorite project that you've worked on for someone uh, no no but the hard ones do become they end up becoming like if you look back on it it's one of those things it was hard so you know it was worth it right yeah. i wouldn't say it was my favorite thing to work on my favorite stuff that i've done is the the pumpkins for the patriots well, and that's what I wanted to ask you about. So I'm glad that you kind of lead, you know, led the way into it. So I want to know how that came about. And obviously, I know that you carved a Belichick pumpkin prior to that. But you know, how did that whole situation happen? Well, well, it started with just getting a, a like a triangle shaped pumpkin. It was the weirdest thing. And I brought it home, sat it on the table, and it was just looking at it. And I'm like, whatever I carve has to have some sort of a hood. And at the right. time, the Pats, you know, the Patriots were just demolishing everybody. And I was like, well, probably not a bad idea if I just try and do Belichick. So, but I'd like, you know, a cartoon version of them. I don't want to, I don't do portraits and stuff like sure. that. So I wanted to be kind of fun and generic. And, and I did the headset and all that. And what happened was I posted it on Instagram and Facebook, just as I do. 
and uh, Jerry Thornton's art, you know, the, the sports writer. Yep. And he, rep- I think he tweeted it and then it took off and then like um, bostonsports.com grabbed it. And then I started getting a little pissy because nobody was giving me any credit for it. Yeah. Right. But that was the first time I had to deal with that. Like if I see that on a shirt, we're going to have big problems. Right. Right. So I ended I've since then I've copyrighted it with the expression we're on to, uh, we're on to October. So you, I could I copyrighted the image and the phrase together. Really? Yeah. Well, I'm always worried about somebody. It's people are opportunists. You know what I mean? Sure. And I, yeah. I don't blame them, but don't do it to me. I don't want to have to burn your car. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, so that's how that came about. So when, when that was really popular, uh, so it was like, whatever, three weeks after I had done it. And then I was in Chicago and when I landed in Chicago, Oh no, it was right before I went to Chicago. I'm sorry. We, you know, the night before I leave, I usually go out to dinner with the wife and kids. And that's when I got the email saying, you know, this is so-and-so from the New England Patriots. We saw the pumpkin you did. Um, Bill is about to win his 300th game and there, there's going to be a special Patriots all access show. We want to know if you can do two for the set. And it's like, Oh yeah, yeah. I'd love to. When do you, when do you need them? And they were like, uh, whatever it was, four days, four days from when I got it. So I'm like, oh shit, that's exactly when I'm in Chicago. I'm in Chicago. I can't, like, I want to do this. Is there any way we can move it around? Blah, blah, blah. And uh, I ended up working it out so that I left the Chicago job early and flew back and worked all the way through the night and drove him down to Gillette to get him there just before the show aired. Wow. Like, so you don't want to you don't want to miss those shots though you know what I mean no totally right. absolutely so I mean just your ability to be a, like that just sounds like kind of the highest pressure situation of your career especially since you say you you love doing this this job specifically it's just I'm impressed with uh, you you being able to roll with the punches on a clock like that man wow yeah he, I I got it down to kind of, I wouldn't say a science but. I know how long it takes to to do things or I can put a time limit on myself and kind of push through parts of it and, and not cut corners, but I know little tricks and stuff that will really speed up the process. So, but in general, now it takes before I, back then I think it was taking me three hours to do them. Now it's taking me four hours to do them. So hopefully I'm doing them better or I'm just getting slower. <laughs> do you, do you <laughs> think I've that's because you're trying to add more detail or what do you think it is? Yeah, I think I'm taking my time. I'm stepping away a lot more. Yeah. You know, I've had a couple of artists that I really, really admire tell me that the best thing to do is when you think you're done, go grab a cup of coffee or something or, you know, get something to eat and just sit on it for a little while and then go back and look at it and still see if you think you're done. And every time I go back and I'm like, son of a bitch, I'm not done. Yeah. Ah, I could fix that. And I can see that. Uh, so the fresh eyes, like, you you know what I mean? Like you get, like I was saying, you go into the zone and you're just scraping away, scraping away and you're nice and calm and, and everything looks right. And then the moment you step away and your eyes refocus and you're not, you haven't been staring at it for a while, you go back and it's like, you find all the flaws again. That's some good advice for, for, you know, people that are doing anything artistically. So yeah, sleep on it is, is, is a, is a big thing. You know what I mean? Put it away for the night take a look at it in the morning. If you still like it, it's done. And then if not, you got a fresh set of eyes and a fresh clock. So you, and now you can, you know, keep working. I know these sculptors that do these, you know, like the, the mic effects that worked on Hellraiser. Yeah. I think he, he told me sometimes it'll take him two months to finish the sculpture. Wow. 
Yeah, because these guys, they're meticulous. I mean, they have out, you know, rulers and scaling everything, and there's nothing off about theirs. The only problem is they have two months. You don't have that much time with something that's going to (laughs) rot. Right. I don't even have the four hours I'm giving myself. It's already getting squishy when when you're doing it. We we have five hours to do the big hundred pounders when we go to Chicago. Yeah. And, And the next day, like that's the question you get asked at nauseam is how long do they last? So you're like, well, let me tell you. We got about a couple more hours. I was like, well, I'm carving this one now and it's already rotting. Like it's already getting a little soft in spots. Yeah. It it just turns to jelly. It it dehydrates. Like it gets dry, but also turns to jelly. It's gross. (laughs) Yeah. So, I mean, it's temporary. You don't get attached to them. I try not to make eye contact with them because it's too personal. (laughs) (laughs) People ask if I name them. I'm like, no, why would I name it? I throw it in the, I throw it in the compost pile. As soon as it's done, as soon as I get the pictures out the door and the client is like, Oh, perfect. I'm like, goodbye. Get out of my house. Yeah. Yep. Move on. But I got the pictures. That's the main thing for me. Right. It's almost, it It would be the same thing if I was a an illustrator is how I kind of feel like I'm a 3d illustrator. Right. So if I get that cool picture, I don't need the sculpture anymore. Yeah. And, and where, if, if they did last a long time, I'd, I'd be living in a, a warehouse because I'd be kicked out of my own house for all these pumpkins I'd have. Yeah, right. Yeah, then then it would be hard to let them go, probably. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. I oh yeah. Now, everybody's got a great idea too when you go to the shows. Like, um, I just had a guy talk to me for about a half hour about three D printing. You should three D print these. I'm like, okay. Uh, you got a three D printer? Yeah, <laughs> right. Do you have <laughs> do you have the scan wand? Like, you need to have the right equipment. It has to be a high, like a high quality the the wand that you scan over the the sculpture to catch every little detail yeah so i mean eventually that kind of stuff will happen i'm just happy doing what i'm doing at the moment it's pretty cool you know yeah i mean i think all all the i've told you this before um that i think that you know you're one of the best that i've seen i've seen a lot of these pumpkin carvers especially through your show and through um the people that you guys interact with and all of the other ones that you share artwork for that are really good as well. You know, like you, you mentioned Ray Villafane at the beginning, who is like the, you've said in the past, the tiger woods of pumpkin carving, which is, yeah, he's, they call him the Godfather. Right. I mean, it's just, he, well, he's a commercial artist. Like you have, well, if you still have toys, but you grew up with toys that Villafane carved, like he was a commercial toy maker. Yeah. So that's, those guys are just, classically trained they know all the ins and the outs they know how to carve addition and subtraction like he's just a well-rounded great artist he was an art teacher in michigan before he even like he carved pumpkins for the kids in school as like an art project that's how it started yeah so because somebody was like can you carve a pumpkin for my house please and then like the news did a story and then all of a sudden bang 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 the guy's off and running he doesn't even like pumpkins he doesn't even he's like i'm not even a big halloween guy (laughs) that's the best part of him He's just a great artist. He's like, I'm just known for pumpkins for whatever reason. Right. But yeah, so he's he's just the guy that started it all. It's kind of awesome. <laughs> no, but I, I think, you know, of all the ones that I've seen, of all the people that I see doing it, there's a ton of great artists out there. But as far as this specific, very specific pumpkin carving thing and style and all of that, you know, I would definitely say you're you're one of the best. And, and you know, I'm not just saying that because – 
I know you and whatnot. I really do mean that. There's a lot of people who I've seen that are good at it as well, but it maybe it's not as smooth or maybe it's not as clean looking. And, you know, I, I, I really enjoy all the work that you do. So, well, I appreciate you saying that. And with your Venmo, I'll send over that. Yeah, I, I would appreciate that. Bribe uh, money. Yeah. <laughs> um, Thanks, well, buddy. I appreciate that. Yeah, that's, of that's course. Nice. One other thing about the Patriots thing that you had done, or I guess maybe it's a different project altogether, was you did a, a really cool helmet-looking thing for oh, yeah. Teddy Bruschi. Was that a commission as well, or was that something that you just did? Um, you know, that's some. Yeah, I just did that. Because yeah. my company, my actual job, um, has a close relationship with uh, Teddy Bruschi and the foundation. And I was asked by a colleague of mine, if, if sort of throwing it out there, like, if you do something like that, Bruschi will probably, you know, come out and check it out. Like, you probably get a chance to meet Teddy and it's mm-hmm. like good, it would be good for the foundation. And so it was kind of like trying to do something good for my company, do something good for myself, do something good for his foundation. Sure. You know, creating something cool. And that always gives um, some sort of attention. But um, so I did it. That was one I was pretty paranoid of too. I didn't really, that was, that was taking a leap. I'd never kind of glued things on to that extent. Yeah. That one was pretty, pretty uh, in depth as far as like all of the additions to it, the the mask and the, the cage and all of that, that was on there. Yeah. It took me like a week to find a perfectly football shaped pumpkin too. Yeah. You know, you gotta have the right shape to do it, but yeah, it came out pretty good. He, um, he eventually saw it and sent me a nice message. So that was pretty cool. That's and, awesome. You know, he, he can do whatever he wants with the photos and stuff. So that, that was good. Yeah. I, yeah. I forgot I did that. See, I, I'm I, doing, <laughs> I did so many now I'm almost forgetting the things I've done. I know I keep referencing a lot of different things that you've done. So I will, good. you know, for everybody that's listening, I will definitely be sure to, to, put the links up for all of this stuff and make sure that people can find these and check out your Instagram and everything too, um, to, to see all these, because a lot of it is, of course it's visual. I mean, you want to see all of the work that we're talking about and how cool it is and how well it comes out. And, and, uh, there's plenty of pictures to see and we'll, you know, we'll make sure that we put some up there too, so you can check them out. But thanks. Appreciate that. Yeah. The, um, the time lapses have been the big thing. That's, I think that's what those are really awesome. Yeah. Because you get to you get to see the whole process. You get to see five hours of my life in thirty seconds. Yeah, right. <laughs> it's way more interesting than sitting there for five hours going, "That's all you've done." Right. Yeah. No. You speed right. it up. You speed it up. It looks cool. You can see the progress. So that's that took me a while to get into too. That was sort of a a um, process just to get the right you know setup and the right angle to be comfortable with keeping things being videoed the whole time. Because sometimes, like I said, I like to walk away. Yeah. So I had to, I just had to keep reminding myself to check the camera, check the camera. But now that I'm used to it, I kind of like to time lapse everything I do now, so that I have a record of it. Almost, it's it's a timeline of what I did, and I could see if, say if I forget how to do something, if if I glue something on or, or I carve something a certain way, I'd like to. I, I reference my time lapses a little bit more now too, just to see how I did something. Yeah. A couple more things I got for you. So, I mean, we've talked a little bit about the Patriots. We're not, again, Tim and I have said this a bunch of times recently. We're not specifically a Patriots podcast. We do a lot of stuff with basketball and hockey for everyone that's listening. They know that. But a couple things that I want to end this episode on are if you had to choose, take all of your sports watching um, years and all of that, 
Are you a hockey guy or a basketball guy? Hockey, 100%. Okay. I, see, I grew up with Andy Moog and Reggie Lemlin splitting that. Okay, so, great. You know what I mean? So I still have, like, I, you, you, you were at that age, I'd say probably between, like, 8 and 10, that when the Bruins are in the playoffs, you would be cutting out every single photo out of the Globe and the Herald and making, like, giant collage posters to hopefully bring to the parade. Yeah. <laughs> right. right. I mean, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, I like, you know, you had Bork, Kluzak, Janney, Neely, you know, like all those guys were, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of aging myself, but I even remember like Jay Miller. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, definitely, definitely a hockey guy. Sorry, Tim. I'm, I'm the hockey guy here. No, Tim. Hey. Tim loves hockey as well. Hey, I don't want to yeah, say that. I, I don't need a sorry. I'm good. <laughs> I'll be no, all right. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay. I mean, I like, so, so I then, like basketball too, but don't get me wrong. But growing up, I, I think my junior high school yearbook, I said, I wanted to be a professional hockey player. Well, now you're a funny professional how things, pumpkin. Funny car. how things turn out. Huh? I'm a professional <laughs> pumpkin cover instead. <laughs> Well, then that kind of leads me to my next point was over this last week, I would say, there's been a lot of um, arguments stemmed by something that the Bruins had posted uh, earlier in the week. And I'd like to get your take on it because I know that you're a big Halloween guy and, and I feel like this is a good question for you. Sure. They, they yeah. went through and asked all the players, uh, "Do is Candy Corn a good good candy for Halloween or just in general, is it a good candy? And the, I think it was overwhelmingly everybody said it's disgusting. No, I will not eat that. It is trash. What is your thoughts on candy corn? They're all babies. That's an, that's an older (laughs) candy. They're all too young for candy corn. Candy corn is delicious. The only candy that sucks is black licorice. I can agree with that. All all other candy passes the test. I'm, I'm with you. And I, I st- I stay I feel like I have an old soul because candy corn rips. I don't care. I hate the haters. Get the naysayers gotta go away. Dude, I even like the peanuts. The, I don't even know what it is. The circus peanuts, those things? Yeah, the, the big ones. The yeah, yeah. Peanuts. Yeah. That's another one people have a very strong dislike for. Yeah. <laughs> See, but those people aren't invited to my birthday party. That's true. That's true. <laughs> or your house for candy on Halloween. Yeah, right. They're not getting a Christmas card from me. No. Um, I think that we're all in agreement then that, that candy corn is good and that it should be eaten. Everybody should like candy corn. Yeah. The real, yeah, I mean, 100%. the real problem here is black licorice and, yeah. and anise, anise flavored gum. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, yeah. it's all, we're, we're out on black licorice for sure. Yeah. It sounds like a fear factor candy. <laughs> yeah, right. It's either, yeah, right. That or uh, bowl intestines. Yeah, right. right. Um, so then I guess I guess I will ask you this too. If you could only have one candy bar for for Halloween, what do you go, what would you go with? Like what's your go to, your number one? I know it's a it's, tough it's question. Candy candy bar? It has to be a candy bar. Candy bar, yeah, let's go with that. All right. If we're gonna go with a candy bar, I have like I am the ultimate sweet tooth. Um I'm gonna have to go oh shit. I can only choose one. Can I choose like nine? Because <laughs> all right, we'll go with one. I'll say right now because my mind changes constantly on this. I would go with three musketeers. Okay, that's that's a good choice, yeah. Tim. What are you going with? 
And and it's honestly, I don't think it's on. It's it's rarely at Halloween, but I'm a I'm a take five guy. Wow, take fives are good. Yeah, take fives are good. It's it's, it's just kind of everything under the sun, all in there. You know, it's not missing any ingredients. And and the pretzel just goes a real long way for me. I was not expecting that answer. That's that's a definitely a uh, uh, thing that I wouldn't picture a lot of people choosing because you don't see a lot of it. I feel like they're not big enough, man. I really feel like they're not popular enough. But maybe you should start a, a campaign Online petition. Yeah, uh, I'm dying. I'm gonna. I, I got too much battle to wage for candy corn right now. So uh, <laughs> I'll get. I'll get on the take five train next year. I can only. I can only stand one candy a year. You know. Yeah, yeah. Because I put my whole heart and soul into it. So. <laughs> The chi it shows you you love you have love for it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, my second choice would be a Milky Way, though. Oh, I mean, I'm with you there. Honestly, I, I'm, I'm and oh, speaking of <laughs> to stay on the subject of candy before you get to your answer there, Andrew. Sure. I did a job for Reese's and they gave me a case of Reese's pumpkins. Pumpkins, those are the best ones. They're delicious. Yeah, yeah they yeah. are the best. You know, what my favorite part is nobody in my house likes them but me. What? Wow. They think it's too big. Lenora likes the crunch of like, not the crunch, but the snap of the small cups. Yeah. Right. I'm like, you know what? You're right. They're disgusting. Yeah. Them Don't touch them. <laughs> Put them in the fridge. I will get rid of them. The yeah. That's great. I'm blowing up like a, I'm blowing up like a tick. well i have an opinion that i've gotten told in the past is basic and and it's it's not you know it's it's nothing special but i gotta go with the snickers bar that that is my favorite candy bar snickers satisfies (laughs) that's that is true the only the only basic candy i would feel is a milk chocolate hershey's bar a hershey bar yeah yeah my, my, my son luke that's his favorite like you could offer him lobster and like filet mignon, and if you put a Hershey bar on the table, he'll like do a backflip for it. Yeah, that's his uh, his death row meal. Yeah, that is his, it is it's, yeah Kentucky yeah. Fried Hershey bar. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm not going to put your address out there, but are you a full candy bar guy on Halloween? I know that's your favorite holiday. Do you hand out full size candy bars? No, no way. Well, you know, I just got to ask because I got to know where I need to hit this this Halloween. That's all. No, well, I will have I will have the full size um, pumpkins because I did have a case of them. <laughs> okay, so, there you go. <laughs> does that count as a candy bar? I don't think it, it does. Though. It's like, it won't even hit your inventory. It's not even going to hurt your inventory. Yeah, dude, I don't get enough trick or treaters to do that. That's the problem. Oh, uh, that's unfortunate. It, my, I got a great neighborhood for it too, and I think we get like the one like Walking Dead herd. You know what I mean? Just a group. A group of families come out and then the random stragglers. It's so weird. I mean, it's right. kind of getting turnover. I'll be interested to see what happens this year. You know, neighborhoods turn over a lot as the kids yeah. get older, the family moves away and then younger. So we got some younger, younger blood. So can't wait to scare them because I have, we usually set up a good, a good amount of um, props on the front lawn. Yeah. Well, look, I, I appreciate you taking the time. Like I said, I know that this is a, a very busy month for you and you're getting towards the end of it here. So you've been going through a lot of stuff, um, you know, getting jobs done and getting uh, events. You know, you've been doing a bunch of events. So I appreciate you taking the time to, to talk with us and hang out with us for, for an hour here and, and give us an insight into the pumpkin carving world and, and everything that you got going on. Sure, it was my pleasure, man. Anything for you guys. 
you know and i want to draw draw the curtains back on this crazy life (laughs) 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 the the life of sitting in my basement with a uh, small spotlight while i carve fruit yeah but they shouldn't even allow me in school zones for doing that (laughs) (laughs) and and one last time before we wrap up where can everyone find um your work uh for for your personal stuff and and carvers too Oh, sure. Well, it's Dever Customs on Instagram and um, also Carver's Creators on Instagram. That's where we post all the stuff from the show. And then obviously the Dever Customs is my own where I post just about everything I do. And the YouTube channel is Carver's Creators. So if you just type in Carver's and Creators, it comes right up. So like and subscribe. I think that's what I'm supposed to say, right? Yeah, no, yeah. De- definitely. <laughs> that's, that sounds right. Yeah. And then, and then I hear other people go hit that notification bell. I don't hit notification. Bell, Smash so that like button. No, yeah, there you I, go. I, Whatever I, that is. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I'm yeah. fine with a subscribe. Subscribe is where it's at. Yeah. Then you follow, get subscribe. Out. Yeah. The notification bell is just, yeah, makes me feel weird. It's asking a lot. I don't, I don't allow notifications on anything. If my phone, right. if my phone rings, I get aggravated at it. Yeah. <laughs> right. Right. Well, we appreciate it. And we'd also appreciate if everybody would check out Paul's stuff and, and carvers and creators and, uh, a fun show every Thursday night if you are looking for something to watch uh, and and if, for me, something to learn every week. So uh, definitely check it out, and we will hopefully you know talk to you again soon and, and get an idea of what else you got going on. What else do I have going on? Yeah, I'm hoping this is the end of it. Yeah. I'm, listen, I'm, I'm going to go into a self-induced medical coma till about November 5th after this month. I still have, like five, six that I have to get out the door. I'm running. There's not enough days left, but well, I got to get, I'll get them. I'll get them done. And well, I have like a hundred pound pumpkin at the top of my driveway that somebody needed. Oh man. So I got to carve that on the back of my truck because <laughs> I'm not lifting it more than once. Well, you better, you better slow down on those Reese's pumpkins before you go into a diabetic coma and get all this other stuff done. So, Oh yeah. I already lost a foot. <laughs> 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 well, well. Good luck with all the rest of the stuff you got going on. I know that you're going to crush it, and I can't wait to see everything that you got. Oh, thank you, buddy. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate right. it. Was it all-